All right, fellas. Let's uh let's do this. You ready? Mm-hmm. Let's get it right. Welcome back, hack stab slash it's your boy hacky. That stabby, this guy down here refuses to take on the role of slashy. So we're gonna go with just Jeffrey? Ju- Justin. It's close. Dahmer. Oh, all right. My bad. I you forgot your name. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's cool. Happens. It's, it's cool. cool. <laughs> but uh this week we're gonna be doing a Netflix original. Uh, made in 2021, it's called There's Someone Inside Your House. But before we dive into this, make sure you smash all up buttons, grab our subscribes, follow us on all social platforms, TikTok, Twitter, X, Threads. I'm going to do this thing with my hand because I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what I said. So just follow us on stuff, Facebook and and all of it yeah. because we love interacting with you. But Cool. All right. Yeah. Now that we right. brought this back down to a lower level, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about this movie and why I chose it. This is a movie. Sorry, I was pausing for dramatic effect. The graduating class at Osborne High is being targeted by a masked assailant intent on exposing the darkest secrets of each victim. Only a group of misfit outsiders, much like us, can stop the killings. Guys, I chose this because this came out, I believe, right around or during quarantine. And I was like, this looks stupid as fuck. And then I decided to watch it because I was kind of like, I like the way this guy looks. And that's purely why I chose to watch this movie when it came out is because I like the way he looks. Oh, so you got a crush on the killer, huh? I was going to ask you, why did you pick this? Hmm. Why? Why, why you got to make things like that? Is that a fat no, joke? No, that's cool. A fat joke? Yeah. How is that even well, a yeah. what? You told me I'm going to crush the killer. Oh my god! No, I said you have a crush. I said you have a crush on the. Ki- I mean, you probably never mind. We're not going to get into that. Game. No. All, right. All right, fellas. Uh, let's uh, let's dive right into this like a hot burger on a fucking skillet and let let. You can't say Justin. hold on. All right, I'm not going to make fun. of I'm not a fat joke. Or you can't <laughs> then start talking about burgers and skillets like uh, whatever you said. Like, dude, you can't do that. I'm, I'm just, you- I'm trying to I'm trying to be nice. We're not gonna derail, but all right. Uh, guys, if anyone's just curious, I pull this shit all the time. I'm six foot one, I'm two hundred and seventy-eight pounds, so I'm a pretty hefty guy. And anytime someone says something in my direction and I don't know how to respond, my immediate reaction is, was that a fat joke? It's- just, just so everyone's clear and they don't think I'm trying to fat shame you into fat shaming me about fat shaming. But cheese, butter. I Burgers. Yeah. Oh, but cheese. <laughs> From, from under, from under cheese. Doug, throw Jesus yourself. Get a grip, man. Get a grip. All right. All right. Hold oh, on. Guys. I get a, get a grip someone on inside my house. A stick of butter? All right. Here we go. There's someone right. inside the house. All right. So we see a truck pull up. We see Jackson, and he pulls up to his house, and he's alone, and he is on the phone talking. And we see one of those egg timers, and there is an egg timer, and he's, it's ticking, and he's like, Mom? No one's there. So you know what? He decides to go upstairs for a nap and he sets his phone aside because he's got somewhere to go. And all of a sudden, boom, he is a he's he awakes to the egg timer and it's in his room now. So creepy, right there, right next to his bed. His phone is gone. He wakes up, he's freaking panicking. He runs downstairs. The door is wide open right now. Maybe someone's inside his house. I don't know. We'll find out shortly. But he runs outside. This truck is gone, the son of a bitch. So he runs inside. He's calling 911. He is panicking. But as he's calling 911, he kind of looks up and he sees there is a picture like taped to his cabinet. And he hangs up 
And as he turns around, there is a bunch of different pictures. And it looks like it's tough to tell right away. It looks like there's like hazing stuff or someone's beat up. Uh, you can't really tell. If maybe someone died. We don't even 100% know yet. But he follows all these pictures up to a room. The light is off, but we see a light on like a giant closet. He grabs his golf club. There, He opens in the closet. There is pictures everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. And in these pictures, man, you can't tell. There's like blood and stuff like and it looks like you see him it looks like he beat the crap out of someone so it's like what is this guy hiding is it is someone back for revenge and then as he's swinging his golf club around saying you're inside my house i can kill you we reach out and someone cuts his achilles tendon disgusting both of them both of them snips both of them and then he is stabbed and killed and we see if this is a masked man is like on top of him and stabs him and we look, we see the guy's face, and this dude is him. The guy's Jackson, and he's got a mask that looks exactly. Yeah, Sean's got it. I was gonna say this dude is wearing a mask of him. We cut all of a sudden right away. We see him. He's got uh, Jackson's phone. All of a sudden, we cut to a football game, and every single person's phone's going off. And we get uh, every single person's playing a video on their phone of Jackson just beating the shit out of this other football player named Caleb. Who is actually playing on the field and he's in the end zone as he looks up and it's a surreal scene. Every single person's got their phone and they're all looking and like, what is going on? Like this, like, and we see it all yeah. unfolding. So that yeah, was, dude, uh, everyone's quiet. It just gave like a really eerie just, feeling. Just staring. Yeah. At, at him as he kind of just looks up as this person's secrets were revealed. And then um, we get this really cool scene. I thought it was just really fast. It was like a 3D printing scene as like the credits are coming on as like there's someone in your house comes up. We see um, 3D printing of printing mask and it plays over in the background. You see you hear like high school conversations of like people panicking and freaking out of like what's going on. Then we cut in, in front of a high school, and there's like a vigil set up, and there is this just ridiculous corny speech from one of the freaking football players. Just, just so ridiculous. Waterboy, I, I would pour out a monster slash bag he, slash C4 slash ghost for you. I would show. Fireball in heaven, bro. Yeah, yeah, I would tape them uh, all it, together and pour them all out at the same time. And yeah, like like as they're talking about, like he literally like pours out an energy drink. And then we see a bunch of cards and stuff set up. We see this girl. She drops off a get well soon card. <laughs> like this guy got killed. She, she delivers a get well he soon ain't coming card. back, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, he ain't coming back. And then we meet the group of five friends who are sitting down. We see Darby, Zach, Alex, Rodrigo, and Makani. And then Caleb comes over and um, we see Caleb walking around. They're all kind of talking like he's um, a football player that got beat up. And we find out he is gay and everyone is accusing him of hiring someone and killing Jackson. Maybe he has something to do with it. And we see them all at lunch and Caleb comes over and sits with them as we have like the council president saying some really more cozy, cozy, corny words. And she's praising Darby for identifying as like her, him, he, she, they, and calls out, uh, I'm so proud of you, and I'm so proud of Caleb. Just some really weird, I'm not 100% sure what was going on right there. Dude, in and that then, scene, um, Justin, sorry, real quick, I yeah. love the fact that uh, Alexandria is one of the only black students, this girl right here, in the entire yep. school. And she goes, this bitch really says she's going to give a speech about oppression and then quote Princess yeah. Diana? A princess? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, the speeches were so ridiculous. 
And then we get some scenes that clearly pay pay tribute to Scream. It's where it's pretty much like the who is the killer. They're all just in high school and they're looking at different people saying, oh, well, could it be this person? Oh, could it be this person? And then they decide just, you know, just go in the car and get high. As they get ready to pull out, we see, we, we see, we see Ollie, sorry, we see Ollie pull up and he kind of flips them off in the car and they're like, oh, that kind of psychopath, like maybe it could be him. Four or five. Yeah. We, we, we cut to Makani and her grandmother. This is a very important scene. Um, And we see at, in their house now and the grandma's like, you got to stop blaming yourself. And Makani's like, well, what if people find out like like my real name or like who I really am. So you're kind of thinking, all right, well, what is she hiding? Is she who she, is she who she really says she is? And we find out like the Graham's got some sleeping issues and everything. We see Makani in bed she's writing uh, a poem and we got a text from Ollie that says, well, like new poem, like you can't stop ignoring me forever. And then all of a sudden she falls asleep and you see that she's having some bad dreams. We see some like fire images and she wakes up and the door is open. She's like, wait, Graham? She walks downstairs. There's a bunch of stuff thrown in the oven. This kind of reminded me of, remember Step Brothers? Like, did you guys think about the Step Brothers scene when they were like sleepwalking and just like going crazy? And she's like, wait, Graham? Graham? And then we get Graham from behind and we get a jump scare. It was just her. She's got some sleep issues that she's working on. So next day we cut to a church and we see this. We meet Kate. We meet Kate and she's talking to someone behind her and everything. And then all of a sudden she turns around and he's gone. She's like, wait, Marcus? As she says Marcus, she gets a text from Marcus. Marcus says he's sick. He can't come in today, so you're going to have to go without me. And she texts, she calls him. She's like, yo, stop playing with me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean you're sick? You're right behind me. And all she's doing that, an audio starts playing over the whole entire church. And it is of Kate on some podcasts. And she is just saying also it's a terrible stuff, like just like a hate, hate speech, awful things going on. And as she turns around, we see a person dressed in all church white with a mask on a mask of Kate. He slashes her. She falls, but she gets back up. We get a chase scene. She's hiding. He's running after her. She gets caught in a confessional booth and a knife gets stabbed through the booth and it doesn't get her. So thank God she escapes. Right. I thought this scene was so cool. So you got a knife sticking right through there. And as she's like panicking against the wall, she gets pushed from the other side. Guy throws her through and her whole entire right through her mouth. I'm not going to make that motion. But the, the <laughs> I was going to explain it. But anyway, she, the knife impales her right through her mouth, through the back of her head. It's almost but, like because she's got that hate speech podcast. And she's on not with on the phone with nine one one saying like he's making me say these hateful things and recording them. When he stuffs her face through the knife, it's almost like he's making her eat her words. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like, a good way to put it. Yeah, like, right. Oh yeah. shit! And then uh, the uh, she was getting ready for the church and everything. So then all of a sudden the priest walking and all the people walking and we see she is hung from the freaking ceiling. And the next day, as we start hearing on the all like the local town and everything we see there's a curfew at 8 p.m and you hear they're on tv saying apparently all we know so far is this guy is exposing people's secrets and he's wearing a mask of the victims wicked cool idea by the way and then we cut to makani and we see she's googling herself and she types in a different name though she we see her type in makani sun woo and she has a flashback of like a fire and we see on the computer it says Hawaii teen arrested, one critically hurt as they were pushed into a fire. Fire. 
and that she was arrested. So we see that maybe uh, so it looks like Makani is hiding something. So she might be a little scared. Then we get back to the next day. We get the group of five people and they're being all questioned by the classmates. More who done it very, very much reminded me of Scream. And one of the friends, Zach, is about to be questioned. And right as he is about to be questioned, his dad pulls him out. And we get a scene where he's out in the dad's car. And basically they're talking about how his dad says the whole town already hates him. You can't be in there talking. I own Sanford Farms. And uh, yeah, so uh, what do you guys think about all this? Uh, honestly i think the concept is awesome it's a it's a different take i I love that changing the you know seeing the face like that it's killing you like you're killing yourself pretty much and uh just the different type of psych that that goes into the transition from the day to night at the beginning was pretty awesome with the egg timer um the kills surprisingly are pretty pretty awesome so far there is a little bit of filler but I, I do love I do love the kills the tendon slicing it reminded me of the uh, what is that um what is we that just wa- we just watched it yesterday well the last episode yep the um gosh there but there was another one um I feel like it happens a lot yeah yeah it definitely it's, happened in one of the saws as well when they tried kidnapping one of the guy but but I know that's not the one you're talking about because we yeah, just saw gosh. it but yeah the, the guy that's making the Thanksgiving movie uh, Eli Roth uh, Eli uh, uh, uh the hostile. Uh, Hostel, right? Hostel, yes. Yeah, he, he clips the back of him and tells him to try to crawl yeah, out of there. if you can make it to the door. Yeah. That's where I got it from. Fucking crazy. This opening set of scenes is very well played. Uh, the kid goes home. I can't remember his name right now, but, dude, he's Jackson. pissed. Yeah, Jackson, dude. He's pissed while he's on the phone because his sister keeps licking the cheese off the chips and putting them back because <laughs> carbs. Am I and, right? and it's because awesome? he has to keep doing his own route and R11. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shout out Jackson. Jackson, what's up? Uh, Justin, I love how you just skipped over the, the type of conversation he was having on that phone before he went to bed. I, I, I'm yeah, not doing some... that before a football game. That's good protein. I want that in my body. <laughs> what the fuck? I forgot about that. Dude, the shit teenagers <laughs> talk about, I think it's just so well, like, it's well played in the beginning. I don't think it holds up through the whole movie, but I, I like this opening that. set. And then, like, he wakes up, dude, his truck's gone, like you said, the door's wide open. There's pictures of him, ga- uh, yeah, gazing, hazing, <laughs> the, the gay student just <laughs> everywhere. And I think, like, it sets, like, a, a, a tone of panic. For him, because like you said, he hangs up the phone with 911, runs upstairs, he's panicking, he's threatening this person, whoever's in his house, that he can legally kill him. And the way he slices the Achilles and that blood sprays everywhere. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> and then and then the way he was like begging and pleading for his life, and he offers to Venmo the killer. Do you want money? <laughs> I can Venmo you. I'm not a you. bad person. I'm not me. When he sees his face, like when the way he, he just himself. realizes, yeah. uh, like, that, that's why, like, it, it, I got hooked on that. Oh, like, I don't know <sighs> if you'd call it a cold open with a, a kill like that right off the rip, but yeah. that got me yeah. hooked. And then, like, when you see the the chick in the church, chick in the church, say that five times fast, chick in the right. church, chick in the church, chick in the church, uh, <laughs> and she's she's like waving to the killer on the balcony, and they're like having like hand signal conversations. And she's talking to herself. And when he starts playing the hate podcast, did you guys see what she calls it? She calls it white, I... white wash. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and when I was when I watched this, I remembered the knife getting stuck. But on the rewatch mm-hmm. and taking notes, it looks like he stabs the knife in and doesn't even try to take it out, and then calmly walks around to the other side of the confessional and reaches through the screen and then stuffs her face through the knife, which I thought was just amazing. And every time I've watched this movie and seen that kill, I like it more and more. That kill is so good. Yeah. And then, um, dude, yeah. Justin, I legit have in my notes exactly what you said. The scream vibes as this group of friends plays against the killer is a beautiful touch. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. Justin, I, you sound disappointed. But, it, but it's a horror. Uh, All right. So I was very confused. I'm so, I was confused why you picked this for the atmosphere, especially after this first 30 minutes. And I liked the beginning. I thought the beginning was really awesome. It starts off really cool. I'm like, oh, man, this movie's going to be badass. But as it went along, I don't want to talk. All right. Um, <laughs> Waterboy, just go ahead and do your part. I don't know. It does take place in the month of October. So we transition to later in the police station where it's just Ollie, who honestly, uh, he looks like a mix between Dizzy from The New Guy and JP from Grandma's Boy, if they had a kid, um, with Makani. <laughs> Low-key talking to himself to get Makani to notice him since they used to date. Uh, Makani gets called into the police office and going over her background um, and questions. She seems tense. Makani leaves the police station with Ollie. And they say, let's do what we always do. Smoke, listen to music, and drive around aimlessly with the killer on the loose. Uh, Normie stuff and some good old car sex. One bang leads to another, but on their car door. And they see all the kids all heading to a party at Zach's house. Now, everybody is telling everyone's secrets. Where the logical common sense is telling everyone their secrets, the killer won't want to kill them. Genius, honestly. Uh, Rodrigo not giving his real secret. And Zach revealing he's failing and then pulling out a gun, acting like he's going to off himself. You tagged my truck. Fuck yeah, we did. <laughs> Zach giving a speech in a Hugh Hefner robe fashion. We find out that his dad is a big Nazi fan with all the memorabilia turned into pipes, bongs, and hookahs. Alex and, Alex, um, and Rodrigo make their way to the kitchen, admitting she always had a big crush on him. And in a weird change of events, he's on the counter and she's standing, making out. That's, that's not usually how that happens, but he yeah, then noticed. She was definitely the dominant one in that. Yes, in that 100%. <laughs> He then, he then notices his pills that he's been taking are on the floor scattered everywhere. Everyone's phone starts popping off, showing a secret as taking painkillers. Uh, lights turn out and the killer is there wearing Rodrigo's face. A panic ensues while the killer effortlessly walks towards him with nobody doing jack shit. And then he hides in the closet. <laughs> he makes his way inside of the vent and the killer starts stabbing into the vents somehow. I don't know how, you know, this... He got all over the vents that quick, but um, and making it outside, but it's short lived. The killer shoots him with a taser and he falls into the fountain. The killer pours the painkillers down his throat before slicing into it as he falls back into the fountain. And the group has a moment of silence with the joint. Uh, the school's back like nothing happened, of course. And uh, <laughs> at the football game, Alex <laughs> talking about how they think Oliver is the killer. Or Ollie. Ollie picks up Makani for a chill trip to the ocean, but nope, just the middle of the cornfield, close enough. Um, heart, <laughs> heart-to-heart combo, Ollie telling her not to shut him out again, and she finds a taser in his glove box. 
and he says he knows who she is. He apparently looked her up and found out her real secret. Makani leaves getting an awkward ride home from the day of the taxi guy. Uh, readying herself, she locks all the doors and uh, locks her chair on the door and a knife by her bedside. Waking up, the knife's gone and the door is ajar. Trying to call 911, it's just a recording of her trial and all the knives are gone. Where's Gam Gam? Is it Ollie? Walking into her room, we find we get a mural of burn pictures scattered on the wall with chalk outline of a body in the middle with a paper in the middle saying, Sean, you're next. What? No, I didn't do anything. I don't have any secrets. Okay, I got a lot of secrets, <laughs> but not a lot. What kind Come of on, shit Sean, is that, secret, dude? Man, what's your secrets? Jesus Christ. Dude, what's Jesus up with that taxi Christ. driver guy? Dude, dude he's, he, 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 he reminded me of Dewey. <laughs> not like, right? like, what? <laughs> I, I have a genuine question for you guys about this taxi guy. Is he the fucking harbinger? You know how every movie has a harbinger of death? Yeah. Is he the harbinger? I know. Like, I didn't understand. He's always there. Dude, I was like, who, like, what is the, I was so confused. I'm like, I love the guy. He's so weird. But I'm like, what is happening with this? Like, I mean, props to him for capitalizing on that market because he says numerous times, only Uber driver in the entire town right here. I was so confused. I'm like, what is happening? He keeps like. Hey, are you himself. sure you don't? Are you sure you don't need anybody? You, you, oh. you sure? You sure? So weird. Uh, sure, it's Justin, dark in that you, house. Justin, you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll I'll go first. Um, yeah. hold on, you go first. <laughs> Justin's so burnt out. I can't tell if he hates this movie or if he's just tired from ranting. Uh, I think no, it's a he, little bit of both. He's super excited. Right it was now. Chevelle. It was Chevelle last night. Chevelle, my bad. You know That's what it is, is? Is that TikTok you you dropped the other day? I, the only thing I could notice was the transition from the rancid shirt to the trick or treat shirt. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! You noticed that? Yeah. That was in, that was incredible. It's little things. <laughs> All right, guys. So entering the party at Zach's house and having the Uber driver outside of his house offering ten dollars off to everyone for their first rides. Awesome. <laughs> like we just talked about. Then having a secret party about telling your secrets while the whole school is just confessing their secrets to each other. And uh, like, I, I love that theory. Thought it was pretty fun. Zach pretending to blow his brains out, like you said, but it actually being a bong. Amazing. Then him dropping the speech about how he's rich and that they torment him for it. And like you said, the kid just being like, fuck yeah, we trashed your truck. And then him dropping that his dad has the 10th largest Nazi memorabilia collection in America and that he's converted everything into bongs and pipes and shit. Now, this is one thing I don't condone anyone collecting, but I'd imagine it's pretty fucking expensive to obtain these items considering that they're highly illegal in America Mm. um, outside of like museums and stuff. But if I'm his dad, dude, I would lose my fucking mind knowing my kid turned priceless artifacts from one of the most gruesome parts of human history into bongs. I would be so pissed. And then I I start not liking the way the killer attacks kids based on what they're hiding. Painkillers? Dude, really? You're on fucking high school. That's that's the best you could come up with? Yeah. Painkillers? But the kill was pretty good. I fucking love the kill. Yeah. The ocean of corn was a nice break. Uh, but I just it's corn. It's yeah. Yeah. It starts like I just it starts to lose me right here because I wish they had like a little more fun with it. Like could he have been like 
anything but painkillers that like i don't know it just uh, there's a lot there's a right, lot let me let me talk yeah, right, senseless so I, filler yeah. yeah dude so this movie completely fell apart i thought this was the worst middle of a movie ever I just felt like it was missing something so much. And like, I wanted to like it. Like the first scene of the movie, it, that hooked me. And then it just, the whole, I don't even know, like the next hour, it was just, it fell apart. It was missing. Like the only character I even cared about was Makani. I thought she was awesome. She was like a great actress. These other kids, I just didn't care about any of them. And just like the, the motivations of the secrets just didn't do it for me. I love that the guy's wearing the mask and everything, but I mean, I like when they get to the corn maze, like some of the scenes that are going to come up that you're going to talk about. But the whole middle, I just kind of thought I was just very, yeah. very forgetful. Like the middle very like, checks you out. So yeah. forget. I found myself checking my phone. Like when I watch these movies, I try to say dialed in and just so I can talk about it and stuff. And yeah. this whole middle, I found myself like looking at my phone and everything. It was, I did too. I yeah, got up so like seven uh, times. Yeah, right. Uh, it, it was just very blah. And that's what I got for that middle. Waterboy, you got anything? I what do you, pretty what much you, the same thing. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, just like you said, resonating with the characters, you start to feel it when they're in the police station towards the beginning, Justin. You're like, all right, I, I can get yeah, into this. It, and then you lose it, it with everyone. And the only characters outside of Makani that I felt myself trying to get attached to and trying to like was Caleb, the jock, and then Zach, the stoner. That was it. Just because Zach had like the comedic effect, like I'm a rich kid, like I fucking know it. Like I get it. You guys make fun of me. I don't care because I'm just gonna buy your ass anyways. And then Caleb just transitioning from being that high school jock that everyone likes into this group yeah. of misfits. Everything else, dude, it just it's lackluster. Right. It feels sloppily written. So um, sloppy. And yeah. I'll talk more about when when we do our final review at the very end. But yeah, I I have more points to hit on then. But. Yeah, but I, I I did like the transition point from the second act into the to the last act, when the Uber guy takes like he's just fucking everywhere, dude. Like we said, but when he drives Makani home and he's like, "You're a good girl, good girl," like and it gets really creepy, and he pulls it's up. So and she, he's like, "Are you home alone?" And she's like, "No, my parents just go to sleep real early." Five yeah. stars, Dave. Thanks. See ya. And like runs Bye. out of the car. He just waits there for a second. But. All right, you guys ready to dive in this last set of scenes? Yep, let's get through let's this. Dive in. All right, Justin, go take a nap while I do this. Makani um, <laughs> wakes up to realize her chair has now been moved away from the door. The doors are left open and all the knives are gone. She picks up the phone to call 911 and instead she is greeted by a recording. And this recording is her statement in court. She drops this phone as she hears fire crackling in the other room. When she enters the crime, uh, room, it's more of a crime scene. The photos are everywhere, and there's a body outlined on the floor that Waterboy wanted me to lay in, but I won't because that's just fucking weird. Nope. She Don't bends over to grab a newspaper article off the floor, and we see a very cool shot of the killer through the window. He then shoots the taser through the window, hitting Makani as he jumps through the window to get her. She starts fighting him off, and she gets a hold of the mask, and she pulls the mask off, just as Alexandra shows up, Makani says it's Ollie, and then she passes out. The group is now bedside with Makani, and they tell her Ollie has been caught, and they won't judge her for her past now that they know everything that has gone on. Makani and the others are force-fed alcohol and food as we have a flashback, and she drunkenly pushes her friend Jasmine into the fire, 
covering her friend in burns as she was lit completely on fire from the flammable alcohol, supposedly. I mean, I don't know if they were drinking gasoline or whatnot, but that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, Makani then gets acquitted right. of all charges, but she gets threats daily. And this caused a lot of tension in her family, causing her parents to split up. So she decided to move to her Graham's house and she took on her mother's maiden name in an attempt to start over. We get a group hug as Makani's group of friends tell her that she's really not a bad person. The Stanford Corn Fall Festival, Justin Fall Festival during Halloween there the month you go. of October. It took a while. It took a while. <laughs> yes. It took a while to get there, Sean. There, there is a hint or early there. on in the scenes that if you read the school sign, it oh. says school has been suspended through the month of October. There's little hints, oh, but they don't focus on it too much. I wish they I wish they focused on it more. <laughs> I remembered them focusing on it more oh. when I picked it. Uh, but the fall festival is now underway. <laughs> Mr. Sanford announces he's hired private security for the event and the town in general because the police office sucks. Uh, he, it's free of charge, of course, because this guy's fucking loaded and he plans on buying the fucking police force. Um, but Makani, of course, misses the bus to the festival. And she's the only one that misses the bus to the festival as she gets a text that tells her Ollie has now been released from jail. As she's reading it, Ollie pulls into the school parking lot and Makani, she takes a fucking run it like a bat out of hell. She bumps into Caleb in the hallway as he's stabbed from behind. The killer and Makani stand face to face as he puts the knife in her hands and just walks away. Ollie enters the room now and he sees everything going on. He catches Caleb as they fall to the ground and Makani just holding the knife in pure shock. Then we get a jump scene and we're back to the corn maze. We see the killer entering completely unnoticed, even though they're putting on the mask and walking into the crowd. There's just no one paid attention. No one knows what's going on. Nothing. Okay. Oh, what's up, Zach? Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. The group (laughs) is now heading to the maze to try and come up with a plan. The killer is drenching the cornfield with lighter fluid. Then naturally he lights the entire corn maze on fire. Zach calls the group begging for help. They decide to drive Ollie's car through the maze, trying to create a way out for everyone? Question mark. Yeah. Uh, the car then shit <laughs> the car then shits the bed as the group heads into the maze to try and help. They're seeing dead bodies and hearing screams everywhere. Darby and Alexandra decide to split from the group, trying to help a group of survivors find their way out of the maze. Ollie and McConaughey continue on to try and find Zach. The killer is now seen toe-to-toe with Mr. Sanford, who's pleading for his life, saying, These people have families. I have a family. The killer then guts Mr. Stanford, and we hear, Damn it! And the killer takes off his mask, revealing that the killer is now Zach, who's pissed that he didn't get his mic drop epic moment of a line to tell his dad, Hey, Dad, yeah, 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 I bet you wish you didn't give me the out of war for my ninth birthday, freaking butthead. Guys, you can only kill your dad once, so him missing this, I, I mean, I guess it's okay to be pissed. Yeah. It was a big it's, moment. It's not like you, you get two, you three dads. Yeah, I mean, I love my dad, so I probably wouldn't do that. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't take an old Nazi sword and stab it into a skull. No, yeah, no, no I mean, it's fine. I mean, that's my that's my least favorite thing to do. <laughs> so, I mean, to, just to make, you know, things better after he, you know, just reveals what a whiny bitch he is. Ollie steps up to tase Zach, but he misses. 
And Ollie then hits him for calling him a sociopath, and he gives a long, drawn-out speech about how he's not a sociopath and how he's emotionally invested and yada, 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 and this is all very important to him and how extremely work-intensive it is to make these masks, and the 3D printer is super slow because his daddy didn't have enough money to buy him a super fast one, and he's revealing why he's killing, and it's mainly because he's, like, privileged and he's white and he has a lot of money and he shouldn't be ashamed for it. And like that, like, everyone around him is just, like, super hypocritical because they all have secrets and stuff, too. And, uh, you know, while Zach's given his master plan about framing Makani, uh, Ollie just decides, hey, round two, brother, I'm going to shoot you with the taser again. But guess what, guys? He misses. Misses again. But this time it had a purpose. It gave Makani just enough time to stab Zach. And when she takes him down and she guts him, she tells him, look at my face. I don't need a mask to kill you. And she stabs it right through him, and Zach is now dead. Bitch. And then the aftermath is just a, a, a montage directly after that into Darby going to college, Makani and Ollie going to prom, a graduation speech, followed by a slow, cr- a slow clap, round of applause as we get closing credits. And, and that, it turns guys, out is the movie. And it also turns out that Makani becomes the killer after that. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. I mean, kill or be killed. She picks up the mask and just keeps going. Waterboy, what'd you think about this movie? So the concept was great. Um, the kills were good. Just the writing was completely horrible. I think this movie would have been a lot better if they didn't have the writer. Here's a fun fact. Uh, this movie was based off a written book. Oh, I know what book probably <laughs> probably never got read. Yeah, I mean, I, I, in the writer's defense of the book, the author, it was more of a like a teenage romance type whodunit, and not like a murder, you know, whodunit. I don't know. Killer it was. Soup. It was. I think there was a lot lost in translation. Killer soup for the teenage soul. Yeah, seriously. All right, what'd you rate it? He's got I... no rating. This guy, I, I went, I went up and down, mostly down. Oh my god, this is fucking what? horrible! Waterboy, let's go. Waterboy, what are you doing? Five, five point six, dude. I love, dude, the snort. I'm sorry. Jesus Christ! Everyone just so, uh, bye. See ya. But yeah, just we this just, is uh, what, done. This is what it made me do. <laughs> Oh. You see what this did to me? Justin, oh. save us. Save All us. Right. So here we go. Let's talk about this for a right now. I thought this was an extremely forgettable slasher with an awesome concept of the killer 3D printing people's faces. So badass. I thought the opening scene was really good. I'm like, oh, there's someone in my house. I don't understand why they even called it that um, because it was like the opening scene of someone in the house and then we completely transitioned. It should have been called something else. Uh, it was clearly scream inspired, which I love, especially when uh, one of the girls like called her address in and she said she lived on Prescott Drive. Let's fucking go, Sydney Prescott. Um, but I do, I mean, I love slashers and even all the 80s slashers like that I love, like so many of them are forgettable. Honestly, if you ask me about this movie in two years, all I'll remember is be like, oh, yeah, it's a slasher about like the, the face, the guy who wore the faces and like the corn maze on fire. Thought the corn maze at the end was kind of cool. But like I said, the the dialogue was 
awful. And just awful. And this movie needed to either be more scary if they wanted to go that way, but also I get it. If it's like a teen slasher stuff, I love that stuff too. I actually love that. Like, like I know you did last summer, screen. I love that shit. But it you gotta have better characters then. You gotta do something with the characters more, or you you, you gotta be like the humor, you gotta hit on that shit. And also, I wanted to like this so much. Do you guys see who directed this and everything? No. All right, so Patrick Bryce did, and I don't know if you know who that is, but I'm a giant fan. This dude did Creep and Creep 2. So when I saw that, I, I knew nothing about this movie going in. I was so pumped because I don't know about you guys, but I love Creep and Creep 2. Creep, creep is great. Dude, I love it so much. It was so eerily. We're not going to talk about Creep. but It was very disturbing. Yeah, so I was like so excited when I saw that that was the guy that did this movie, but it completely, it was just missing something so bad. Like it just felt like way too much filler. My rating went up and down too because it started off so strong. I loved it. And then it's like, I started up almost like at a seven and then I just got, I kept having to delete and erase and erase and I got all the way down to a 5.6. That was, so, that's what mine was. Oh shit, yeah. So two five <laughs> Like I said, I like the corn maze at the end. It's a slasher that had a cool concept. Super forgettable. I would never watch this ever again, ever. And but yeah, eh, five point six. Sean, what do you got? All right, guys. Now I've heard a lot of people say they don't understand why it's called "There's Somebody Inside Your House" because there's only one kill scene in a house. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm gonna tell you why you're wrong. Opening kill scene inside Jackson's house. The second scene with the chick in the church, that's God's house. The third scene where he kills him, that's inside Zach's house. The fourth potential kill is supposed to be inside McConaughey's house. I still, all right. I mean, I know, I know, I know. <sighs> I just, I, I just it's... figured I'd throw that out there because I heard a lot of people say that. I get Boo! it. I get it. Boom! <laughs> I get it. I, I, same thoughts as you guys. I have written down. I was like, this movie starts out so strong, and it feels like it has good bones and good direction through the first half of the movie. It started to lose me with the pill keen scene. Pill kill scene. I was gonna say pill guillotine. <laughs> uh, it just felt forced. Uh, the kills yes. and the concept with the killer still strongly appealed to me. And it does give off like a Midwestern Scream vibe. And just like Scream, we get a kill reveal far too early in my opinion. I mean, I paused it when Zach said, God damn it. And we still had 15 minutes and 20 seconds before the end of the movie. I I, I don't want to know who the killer is with 15 minutes left in the movie. Or if you it's do just, that, you better be really clever. And I yeah. just, you know, like you said, if you do that, like, okay, well, there better be like another twist coming and something yeah. else badass. But Zach also, oh my God, Zach's dialogue talking about Zach was so bad. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. I, and I was then, yeah. And then I just have, give me a different reveal with very minimal villain speech about why he's doing it, who he's framing and how he's going to get away with it. Any way you spin it, I think this move, uh, the movie's fun. I, I did like it. It was a refreshing take with a fun mask idea based in modern times. Like the 3D printing I thought was I, – I, I'd love to see another movie with something like that. Just better characters, better dialogue. Uh, like I said, dude, some of the lingo hurts this though. Fireball in heaven as bro pours out a monster. It's just small things like that that I think take away from this movie. And I shit you guys not. Hand to God. Don't. You do not rate it five point six. If yeah, I swear my, to God, Sean. my rating is a five point six out of ten. You don't believe me? I can oh. show you. 
I can show sure, you that. My phone is off because I'm going off my computer. There's there's no possible way that all three of us rated the exact same. No way. I Jesus see Christ. Six. That's out of control. And, all right, so... Did we just become best friends? That's right. Yo, nope. you want to go do Karaji in the garage? Karaji, but, karate? dude, if, if you asked me to rate this movie I, based off the first time I watched it, I would have gave it like an eight. Yeah, and I, let me just touch one more thing about characters, right? So we're in a, we're in a slasher movie. Um, I love eighty slashers and slashers, and a lot of times in the slashers, you want to just have fun. You don't need the best characters. Like I love the Friday Thirteenth series. Like most of the movies, love them. This is like usually only like one character that's actually good in those a bunch of f- shit. Uh, they get away with it though because there's other fun stuff going on. Like so, it didn't even like even if like, but this just st- still felt like it was missing something. You know what I mean? Like even though like the characters are awful, if that happens, you got to have I don't know more. Ca- you just gotta. It was just you got to do something. better. That's the thing. Yeah. You, you just do better. Yeah. But it, I, it, I I feel like maybe a lot of this shit got rushed because it was coming into COVID. Like, maybe that's why the writing sucks. Because you know how when we see movies and we're like, it feels like it's missing something. Well, like, the first half was so strong. Yeah. Like, Hellfest. When we watched Hellfest, we were like, this opening set is amazing. This very yeah. last set is is epic. Everything in between sucks. And then we found that it had, like, four different writers. Yeah. Yeah, it was a mess, yeah. But um, also, so I'm going to – oh, sorry. You're going to say something before I jump into my Halloween reference? Uh, yeah, I was just, just going to say, like, it, it, you, you have to have one of – at least one good thing. You either have to have a good writer or you have to have a good cast to freaking carry the shit writing. And none of those things really combine in this movie at all. And that's why. Just consistency yeah. from front to back. Yeah. Execution did not execute. All right, Justin, hit us with your Michael facts. All right. So how are we going to find a Halloween reference in in this movie, right? How are we going to do it? Luckily, I'm incredibly good at what I do. And Jackson's dad we see only for a little bit in the movie when he gets the text and everything is in Halloween Resurrection. He plays Bob Green in Halloween Resurrection. Who the hell is Bob Green? I don't even remember. <laughs> it sounds like a made-up name, but he is in Jackson. Halloween Resurrection. Jackson's dad. Let's go. Jackson, your dad's Bob- in Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> Bob Green related to fucking Jackson Brown and Joe Black. Yeah. And <laughs> then for... um. Fun, actually, for the fun things, I already said uh, my only other facts were about Patrick Bryce, who wrote it, and then about the Prescott Drive and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I got that's, that too. That's, that's I got all Mac- I got. Yeah, McConaughey, the a- main protagonist, lives at 1412 Prescott Drive. Prescott reference Drive. to the protagonist, Sidney Prescott, from the Scream films. Oh, love you, Sidney. Love you. But you know how Sorry. like we were talking about like the, the writing needs to be done better, and I think all three of us unanimously say that kill, the pill kill scene – is where we like started to lose it. Like I, I thought yeah. the podcast one was sick. I thought the the hazing scene was good. Even Makani is like it's very believable. I just talking about it. I think if you spin this as he's not a pillhead, like his big dark secret isn't he takes painkillers. Maybe his big dark secret is he's your local fentanyl dealer and he's killed multiple people and he's got no fucking heart because he doesn't care. And he's continuing to do it at that party. Maybe make him a dealer that doesn't give a fuck about anyone or or care that he's killing people or his fellow, like make it like that. But dude, like there's like so many people like that. Yeah. Instead, dude, I just feel Come bad for him dude. because he's basically crying, looking for his friends, saying, like, the only reason why he takes this shit is because he can't get out of his own head. Like, yeah. you feel bad for him. That's not a fucking secret. That's a kid crying. for. That's a teenage boy crying for help. 
Sorry, I got that off my chest. All right, yeah. All right. I got a couple more fun facts. Oh, no, no, no. Waterboy, you got anything? I was just going to say before I read mine. I have no fun facts. I figured as much. There's not many on this movie. Uh, like we touched on the Sydney Prescott drive and the screen films, the main weapons used by the killer are antique World War II era knives and swords, a massive clue that Zach is the killer using his father's illegal war collection to commit these crimes. Scream 1996 is a major influence from the novel and film. In this film, Zach throws a party at his home while wearing his while his parents are gone. He wears an identical red outfit, much like Stu from Scream. Both characters Stu. are revealed to be the killers in their respective films. Uh, the film is also based in Nebraska, where they go into the middle of a cornfield. The corn is shown at full height and green. However, during this time of year, the corn would actually be brown and ready for harvest. And that's all I got, boys. All right. Justin, take us back to the 80s. Take us back to the epicness. Oh, 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 I can't wait for this one. Oh, all right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. Next week, please tune in because we are going back to 1988, I believe. And we have one of my favorite. This is going to be my top 11 movies of the 80s. I don't know why I said 11. That's a weird number. Your fucking numbers is so weird. You're like, I rate this top three. I rate this top seven. My favorite movie ever, all time, rated number 27. <laughs> so we're going to do a top 11 movie of the 80s and it's also very atmospheric for the season because this movie it takes place on a full moon on halloween we are going night of the demons check Welcome that movie to the out gates of hell. and check us um, out let's go woo! i'm hacky that's stabby and that that is just, 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 jackson oh my god just Jackson. Just Jackson. Just Jackson. Just, just, just whatever. Just, I don't even just, care. just go. Just go. Just, just get out of here. Just, just leave me alone. Bye. Oh, All right, guys. You know what really fucking grinds my gears? And I don't know if this happens to either one of you guys, but mm-hmm. it was just something that dawned on me today that I've been dealing with my entire life. Why? Why? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that, that's different. I, I've learned to cope with that. But why on earth? When you go to the deli and you order deli meat, do they have to put the sticker that seals the bag to the bag? So every time you open it, it doesn't matter because that sticker then rips the bag. So that zipper, the Ziploc at the top is rendered useless because the bag is now trash. You just came out with one of my biggest fucking complaints at a grocery store. Literally. Well, I just want. All right, so shout out to my friend. Uh, one of my friends who runs the grocery store. He's literally like a man, like he's like the head person of Hannaford's. So it's his he, fault. No, he changed it and revolutionized the game and made it so in his stores, none of that happens. And he has to go, I forget how he did it, but he, this, this man, look, Joe Luca, I'm looking at you, man. I got you too, but I'm just saying this dude revolutionized it. Like he is like corporate top shelf and he freaking did that. Unfortunately, not all stores have done that, but shout out to, but good job. I, I just wanted to give something to complain about because I just made scrambled eggs with cheese and we that fucking trying to open the cheese bag. I ripped it in half trying to get the fucking sticker undone. Now I gotta ask, what kind of cheese do you mainly use? Because I use Land O'Lakes White American. I use Land O'Lakes White American fresh sliced at the deli because if you get it any other way, it tastes like shit. Hundred percent. Right, well, I'm glad I'm not alone <laughs> on that. Hundred percent. I bought the blocks at like at the store. Yeah, Justin's got a weird diet and he's making a face at us. Like he's gonna be like, I only use Munster <laughs> from Transylvania. Cheese. Jeez. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a 
Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I would. Cheese is good. I wish I could eat more cheese, but you know what it is? Is they haven't made a ketchup flavored cheese yet. Ooh, I'd be all over that. It does. <laughs> I mean, my, my favorite cheese is. I don't think there's a better cheese than goat cheese. Goat cheese. Oh, is, goat cheese is amazing. Are you talking about? Um, is that the 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 crumble stuff? The yeah, yeah. yes, feta, feta. Feta is really shit. good. Yeah. Feta is better besides goat, but yeah, definitely. I'm gonna move this to the end of the episode. Just as like oh an God. outtake. Why we're recording? Yeah, don't start the episode with cheese talk. No one. Oh my God, people will un- we'll lose every single subscriber. Yeah, I'll move this to the end. Bye, guys. Have a good I'm happy that don't know. This is slashy. Just Justin, check us out next week when we uh next week we'll be reviewing our favorite butters. <laughs> Smash all up butters. We're just working our way down the dairy aisle. Just, yeah, exactly. We just reviewed our cheese and I uh, wait till next. Y'all week, like well. whole milk or two percent? Oh yeah, we'll talk milk in the episode after that. We might. I prefer get almonds. We'll do Did some he condiments. Just say condiments. Condom, condiments. Oh my god. Yeah, oh. her pleasure. Or... Oh my god. Or <laughs> rent. So anyway, let's. All right. Bye. So I'm just, I'm just getting the juices going, guys. I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left, no reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. This place is evil. Sometimes dead is better. Two of my men pulled you out of the lake. We thought you were dead too. Do you remember very much? Boy. Is he dead too? Who? The boy, Jason.